Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to a joint Giants Splash and A's Plus podcast. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, and today you will hear a Zoom call featuring Dodgers manager Dave Roberts and Giants manager Gabe Kapler. They have selected the starting lineups and the top three starting pitchers for our Interstate 5 World Series to be played on the APBA or APA simulation game. More than 100,000 readers of the Chronicle and Los Angeles Times voted and picked two 34-player teams of all-time greats who grew up in Northern or Southern California. Those teams will face off in a best-of-seven simulation later this month, and the results will be published in both papers. My co-host on the call was Jorge Castillo, the Dodgers beat writer for the Los Angeles Times. Joining us with Roberts and Kapler were Chronicle columnist Bruce Jenkins and Times assistant sports editor Houston Mitchell, who will manage the teams in the APA simulation. You'll hear the entire Zoom call uninterrupted after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've all been trying to figure out fun ways to keep you all involved in baseball during the uh, hiatus here. I am Henry Shulman. I am the Giants beat reporter, excuse me, for the San Francisco Chronicle. And I'm the co-host. My, my co-host today is Jorge Castillo, who's the Dodgers beat writer for the LA Times. And then we have a distinguished uh, group of people uh, on the line here who uh, we're going we're gonna to come up with the lineups and uh, starting pitchers for a seven-game World Series pitting all the greats who grew up or were raised in the Bay Area or Northern California and all the greats who were raised uh, or born in Southern California. And uh, Jorge, uh, why don't you start by letting us know uh, who you have here from SoCal? Yeah, so uh, as Henry mentioned, uh, my name is Jorge Castillo, uh, Dodgers beat reporter for the LA Times. Um, I'm here alongside so Houston Mitchell, uh, assistant sports editor, uh, here at the Times, we'll be managing the team once this gets going uh, next week. Um, you know, the 34-man 30, roster. Dave Roberts here today to pick the starting lineup, the three-man rotation. He thought about this long and hard. Um, I know that for a fact. Different lineups depending on starting pitchers. He, he's, he's all in. So this is going to be a great little uh, project uh, experience. Something like, like Henry said, something different for you guys. Um, you know, an opportunity to maybe have some kind of semblance of baseball and an opportunity for Dave and, and Gabe to present some lineups. They haven't done that in a while, a couple of months at least, right, from March 12th, March 11th. So a chance to do something a little different here to, to make it feel like base, it's baseball season again and, uh, 
you know, a month and a half, we might actually have some real baseball. In the meantime, let's do this and have a little fun with it. Okay. I also should point out, uh, I have uh, two people from Northern California who are going to represent Northern California for you. But myself, um, the writer uh, who came up with this, Bruce Jenkins, and Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Giants, all of us are from Southern California. So there's something a little screwy about this right off the bat. It, it might be in the bag for SoCal here. So I have uh, Giants manager Gabe Kapler, who is in his first year with the Giants and was supposed to exchange real lineup cards with Dave Roberts on March 26th in the season opener. And I also have Bruce Jenkins, my colleague at the Chronicle, a columnist. Uh, uh, he's the representative from Malibu, um, <laughs> used to be. Uh, and uh, Bruce is the one who kind of devised this uh, whole, whole series, the whole concept. And uh, if you could just kind of briefly, uh, Bruce, let us know what the genesis was and how this is going to work. Well, with APBA, you, you, every year you get seasons. You get the last season. I think I got my first season from my dad in 1960. So I'm playing along, you know, seasons. It's all great. And you can do things like, let's replay the 1989 World Series. Maybe there won't be an earthquake, you know, stuff like that. And, but I got kind of tired of just the teams as they existed. I started thinking more like all-star teams. And APBA can create an awful lot of stuff for you. And I finally came up with this idea. What about the all-time Northern California <clears throat> against Southern California? <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, based on they grew up, not necessarily where they're born, but where they grew up, which which gives you Jackie Robinson from Pasadena by way of Georgia and Frank Robinson, East Bay by way of uh, Texas or wherever he's from. And uh, it just evolved from there. I created the teams just kind of for me. And uh, I was going to play uh, John Shea uh, on the phone. <laughs> Next thing you know, we get the LA Times involved. Uh, we get a PBA involved. We get Gabe Kapler and Dave Roberts involved. I mean, it's, it turned into this terrific thing that we're all excited about. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. And Houston, you, you have been an APBA player. Uh, you, you, you know all about this stuff, right? I have. I've been playing since 1980. And they would be remiss if I didn't point out that if you call APBA to them, they will get mad at you. It's APA. And uh, um, I've been playing for a long time, but uh, no one's here to, to listen to me prattle on. I'm looking forward to any advice Dave can give me to make sure the Southern California team comes out ahead of this. Okay, well, uh, we got 100,000 people uh, from both uh, readers of the LA Times and San Francisco Chronicle who voted uh, to create two 34-man teams um, of, uh, you know, with uh, three, three players at each position, including a DH. Plus, I believe it was something like, uh, what, I got 10 pitchers and uh, maybe nine out, 10 pitchers and 10 outfielders. So um, what uh, Dave and Gabe uh, were graciously allowed to, uh, are doing is, um, is they're going to pick the starting lineup for game one and, and the, starting, the first three starting pitchers. Uh, and, um, and then Bruce and Houston are going to play the games. And then uh, it'll all be done in one night. And we'll have stories in the paper and online saying uh, who won. Um, one thing for you fans who are on there, there is a Q&A button down on, on your uh, screen somewhere. Uh, it, at the end of this, we're gonna have fans ask questions of Gabe and Dave, um, specifically about why they chose certain guys, what they think of their teams, things like that. Uh, please, no, no questions about uh, you know, uh, free agency and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's ever going to, is he going to resign all that sort of stuff. And, um, so, uh, you can ask the questions and we'll, uh, I, Alan, I believe is going to uh, call them and then uh, we'll, Jorge and I will ask our uh, respective managers, uh, the questions for you. Uh, right now we're going to flip a coin to see who the, uh, this is going to be a two, three, two format, just like the real world series. 
So we're going to flip a coin for the uh, home field advantage. And, and Jorge, since uh, I have the coin. Uh, oh. no, Dave, uh, have Dave do it. Have Dave do it. Heads or tails. Dave, okay. Okay. Dave. Dave, who I'm covered. Heads or tails? Tails. It is. It is heads. So uh, the Northern California team will be the home team. So as we do this, we'll, we'll get Dave's uh, team first. And um, why don't we start? with the starting pitchers for game one, um, two, two really, really, really great pitchers. Uh, Dave, who, who do you have starting for uh, the Southern California team in game one? I'm going I'm to go with uh, Drysdale, uh, Don Drysdale. Um, Eddie Myers Drysdale is a good friend of mine, and, but this is not a sentimental choice. I feel good about Drysdale starting game one. Okay, and uh, Gabe, uh, we, this took a long time to figure out, but who's going to be your starting pitcher? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with the big unit. We're gonna we're gonna start Randy Johnson. Uh, this the strikeouts were just too compelling, and figured it it might make uh, matching up a little bit more difficult with the lefty on the mound. And uh, yeah, I know I know how clever Doc is with with matching <laughs> against lefties, but uh, figured if we if we turn Eddie Murray around and make make him hit from the right side and somehow avoid Christian Yelich, it made some sense to get the big unit out there. That was, that was the move. Okay. And uh, what we're going to do first is um, we're going to go over this position by position uh, first. And then at the end, the managers will give us the batting orders. And uh, what we'll do is uh, starting with Jorge, um, we're going to, uh, we're going to read the list of the, uh, the, the, the players who won the election, who are on the team at each position. Uh, and then um, we'll, uh, then we'll ask the managers which one they, they picked and why. So, um, Jorge, if you wanted to start at first base, who were the uh, who were the three uh, first basemen who were on the team? Yeah, so the the three choices uh, Dave had to make. I'm not envious of of his position here. Were uh, Eddie Murray from the, so one thing to keep in mind here, guys, people watching, is this is from one specific season. You know, this isn't over the the course of, you know of a guy's career. So Eddie Murray, nine, 1982 Baltimore Orioles, hit 316 a year, 32 home runs. Um, we got the, uh, Mark McGuire, obviously his 98 season changed baseball, kept baseball while some people argue alive, uh, 70 home runs that year, obviously. And then we got Wes Parker of the 1970 Dodgers. So those are uh, Dave's three choices. Um, and another reminder, he made his lineup specifically against the left-hander Randy Johnson. So that's something else to keep in mind. You know, Dave is, Dave was on it. So, uh, Dave, yeah. what'd you choose? So yeah, before you guys go crazy on Twitter. Um, there is a DH also involved, uh, so just keep that in mind. And uh, Randy Johnson, as Gabe mentioned, uh, strikeout guy, lethal on lefties. Uh, so my first baseman is going to be uh, Eat, Drink, and Be Murray, Eddie Murray. <laughs> okay. And now for the Northern California team, I don't have the stats handy like Jorge. I'm not as, um, as prepared. Um, <laughs> But the, the, the choices here for the first base on the Northern California team, Willie Stargell from the 73 Pirates. As Jorge mentioned, it's, it's, it's one season. It's specifically the best season that these guys had in their career statistically. His choices were Willie Stargell, Keith of the 73 Pirates, Keith Hernandez of the 79 Cards, and Bill Buckner of the 1980 Cubs. And uh, Gabe, you went with who? Yeah, um, those are some, some really difficult choices, but... Uh... Willie Stargell in, in his best year was an, was an absolute animal. So this actually turned out to be a pretty easy choice, and he's going to slot right in the middle of our lineup. 
um, give us a chance to stagger some right left and make it a little bit more difficult to, to match up against. <clears throat> okay, uh, Jorge, we got uh, second base now. Yeah, so uh, Dave's choices were uh, Jackie Robinson from the 49 Dodgers, uh, Jeff Kent from the 2000 Giants, and Chase Utley from the 2006 Phillies. Obviously, uh, as Gabe mentioned, we all have some great choices. There's, there's nothing you know, wrong with any of those guys. But I uh, chose the man from Pasadena City College, went to UCLA, uh, and then went to Brooklyn, went to the Dodgers. So uh, none other than Jackie Robinson. Wow, I think he would have made a good bench guy, but okay. You're the, you're the man. He would have been good coming off the bench, for sure. Yeah, he would have looked good coming off, pinch running, steal a base. All right, for the Northern California team, the second base. And I'm actually reading these in order of uh, how many votes they got, got among the 100,000 people who voted. Um, and uh, But, of course, the managers, uh, Gabe and Dave, were free to pick whomever they want. They weren't bound by who got the most votes. Uh, second base for Northern California. We have Joe Morgan from the 76 Reds. We have a push em up Tony Lazeri from the uh, 1927, uh, 1929 Yankees. Um, he was part of that great lineup with Gary, Ruth, uh, all those guys. And then Dustin Pedroia from the, uh, the Red Sox, who grew up in Woodland, which is a little town uh, about an hour and a half northeast of San Francisco. So, Gabe? Yeah, Henry, this, this one was, was pretty easy, too. It's, it's Joe Morgan. Uh, people forget what an incredible, well-rounded player um, Joe Morgan is. I think you, you look at him and he's a little bit undersized, but the dude could bash, um, hits homers, gets on base, plays in the middle. Yeah, this, was, uh, this one was easy as well. Okay, we'll move along to shortstop, Jorge. Yeah, so our shortstop, we got uh, Ozzie Smith of the 87 Cardinals. Um, didn't hit a home run that year, but uh, obviously plays great defense. Uh, Nomar Garcia-Parr from the 2000 Red Sox. The year hit 372. And then Alan Trammell of the 87 Tigers. Um, love them all, but I went with Nomar. I think that you're talking about that starter for game one for the NorCal team um, and the unit. You know, you got to try to find a way to slug that guy. And you're not going to put hits together against Randy. So, uh, no more. He might get a slider down and in and, and hit one into the seats. If I can just barge in here, that number three choice was actually Robin Yount, uh, MVP in 82. Not I sure. didn't have Robin Yount, Bruce. I just had – I had Alan Trammell, so. Yeah, Robin that, MVP 82. I didn't know. Well, I didn't get that as an option. So, blame Jorge, not me. No, I didn't either. This is what I got. This is the email that I got. Hmm. Apologies. Apologies, Dave. Okay. Um. We'll work this out uh, if we can. I, but for the shortstop for the national for the uh, Northern Californians, I want to point out that the two people who just missed the cut are are two guys who are very popular now, Brandon Crawford and Marcus Simeon. They didn't make the cut for shortstop in the uh, NorCal team. Uh, Gabe's choices were Troy Tulowitzki from the South Bay, Jimmy Rollins uh, from the East Bay, and Joe Cronin from the 1930 Senators got got some love here. Um, so, uh, who, who's going to be the starting shortstop, but Gabe? Well, well, let's start with, uh, pointing out that I might get a little pushback from Craw on this match. He's, he's going to be watching carefully here, but, uh, yeah, this was too low for me. Um, although this was tough. J row is such a good all around baseball player, um, and such an igniter at the top of the lineup. Uh, but here, here it was too low, uh, just given the all around player that he was at that time and the numbers he was putting up for the Rockies uh, in, a, in a pretty friendly hitter environment. Okay. Uh, now we have uh, the hot corner, third base. 
So at third base, we got George Brett of the 1980 Royals, um, hit 390 that year. Uh, Eddie Matthews, 1953 Braves, and Nolan Arenado of the 2017 Rockies. Um, I, w- I went, uh, again, understanding that uh, the big unit, I went with Nolan Arenado. Uh, I think that George Brett, Matthews, tremendous players, Hall of Famers, but I think that if you're talking about uh, 97, 98 with the slider that comes from, seems like the first base dugout. I've been in that box against that guy. Um, lefties don't slug them. So I think that you look at what Nolan does against left-handed pitching, gets on base and slugs them. So, and you're going to, you're not going to find a better third baseman. So uh, Nolan's going to get this start against the unit. Okay. And, and Houston, uh, if, if there's any way you can program uh, Arenado to think he's facing Giants pitching, uh, that will help your team immensely. Uh, I'll do my best. Okay. Um, Gabe, uh, we had uh, three choices at third base here that the fans voted. Carney Lansford, Ken Caminiti, and Stan Hack from the 1980, uh, 1938 Cubs. Yeah, uh, Henry, thank you. We, we went with Caminiti uh, we here. And, again, this is, you know, kind of like Doc's lineup. He's got some guys that had huge years, and maybe if it was – going for the entire career, he would have made different choices. I felt the same way. Um, but with Cam and Eddie, he's just so tough. You know, um, there's, there's stories out there about him being sick on, on certain days during that magical season and him getting IV and trainers telling him not to go out there on the field and play him, ripping the IV out of his arm, saying, I'm playing. And uh, we needed a little toughness. And so Cam, he gets the, the nod at third base. All right. Um, we'll move to the uh, outfield. I'm sorry. Uh, let's go to catcher because that's what the next one on the list. Um, so, Jorge? Yeah, so catcher, uh, we have uh, Gary Carter of the 1984 Expos, Lance Parrish of the 1982 Tigers, and Bob Boone of the 1988 Angels. Um, I went with the kid, Gary Carter. He's going to be uh, the battery uh, for this entire series. Oh, wonderful. That's a, that's There's a little, a little inside dope for uh, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, you have a little information there, Gabe. Um, we can get, Henry. Okay. Um, the, catcher, uh, the catcher for the uh, Northern California team, um, we had Ernie Lombardi, uh, the schnoz from the 1938 Reds, who was, at the time, considered the slowest athlete in human history. Uh, we also have uh, Stephen Vogt. Oh, he was a great hitter, though. Stephen Vogt. Um, from the 2015 A's and Joe Ferguson from the 1979 Dodgers, uh, a guy I rooted for as a kid growing up in LA. Uh, so who's going to catch uh, the big unit in game one? Yeah, Henry, that's going to be, that's going to be Lombardi. So um, Stephen Vogt, because, you know, we love the emotional leader that he is. This actually turned out to be a hard choice and I'm going to be open. I didn't know much about Lombardi at all. I had to go back and, and research him. But in that, in his best year, he had that 418 weighted on base average. Um, I don't care how slow he is. He's in the lineup. Yeah. And, and you know, he, talk, he talked about that uh, on, weighted on base average a lot uh, back in 1939. <laughs> All right. In the outfield, uh, there were uh, nine outfielders who made the team. And um, I think even the Southern California team would admit that the Northern California team is pretty stacked here. But uh, Jorge, if you wanted to kind of quickly rattle off the, the nine outfielders who will be on the team and then ask uh, Dave which three he picked. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, first off, Ted Williams, 1941 Red Sox, the year he hit 406. Tony Gwynn, the 94 Padres, the year he hit 394. Uh, Duke Snyder from the 54 uh, Dodgers. Christian Yelich from this past season, 2019 Brewers. Fred Lynn from the 79 Red Sox. Ralph Kiner from the 1949 Pittsburgh Pirates. Dusty Baker from the 1980 Dodgers. George Foster from the 77 Reds. And Bobby Bonds from the 73 Giants. Dave? All right, going from left to right. Do uh, you want me to do all three or just the left fielder? Oh, you can do all three. Okay. Uh, going from left to right, uh, splendid splinter, Ted Williams in left field. Uh, Duke Snyder in center field. And uh, pulling up uh, right field is uh, Mr. Padre, Tony Gwynn. Okay. And um, let's, let's get to the Northern California list. Um, this, this, is in, um, this is a great list. Um, Joe DiMaggio, Ricky Henderson, Barry Bonds. Um, Barry Bonds, who came in third behind Ricky and DiMaggio, which was interesting uh, up here. Frank Robinson. Lefty O'Doul, who uh, a lot of you folks might not know, but he, uh, he won two batting titles, uh, including 1929 Phillies, which is uh, the year he is here. Willie McGee, Aaron Judge, currently with the Yankees, Kurt Flood, and Harry Heilman uh, from the 1923 Tigers. So which three did you select, Gabe? Yeah, I'll go from uh, left to right here as well. Um, and just like Doc pointed out earlier in the call, wait to pass judgment until we talk about the DH here. <laughs> that's an important, that's an important note. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Henderson plays, plays left field for us. Um, and by the way, like these weren't especially tough choices once we knew we had the DH. Um, Frank Robinson will play right and uh, Jolt and Joe DiMaggio will play center for us. Okay, well that's a pretty, that's a pretty good outfield right there. Um, we will move on to the designated hitter and uh, Jorge, uh, your choices. Well, I guess the choices are pretty much anybody who didn't oh, make, that's uh, right. That's right. Make, make the list. So Dave, who, who's your DH? I know you were going a little back and forth on this. Yeah, uh, the DH uh, against Randy is going to be Mark McGuire. Okay, and um, I think there's a name that you haven't uttered yet, uh, Gabe, who's going to be the DH for the nation or for the Northern California team, and who would that be? Yeah, Barry Bonds is going to be the DH. <laughs> what I think for a couple of years was was the, um, the the two greatest seasons, offensive seasons in, in Major League history. Uh, so so uh, Barry Bonds gets the nod at DH. Okay, now we're gonna uh, we're gonna do the batting orders now, and uh, it uh, it's just funny. It's funny to me. Uh, wait till you hear the managers who they pick second to bat. It's such, it's such a modern thing. Uh, you know, th these are not uh, bunt them over guys. And I, I even joked with uh, uh, Gabe about that. Uh, you know, th this is not the traditional get on base, uh, bunt them over, get them in type of lineup, not on either team. Uh, so, uh, Dave, would you mind telling us uh, what your batting order is going to be? All right. Uh, leading us off for, for the Southern California All-Stars, Jackie Robinson uh, hitting in the two hole, Ted Williams. Um, and I don't think, Gabe, you're allowed to shift in, in our virtual series, so don't shift the Splendid Splinter. Um, number three, uh, Eddie Murray. And I like the switch bat, so, you know, when they want to kind of match up, we can get uh, Eddie on the uh, left side, too. Um, Mark McGuire hitting cleanup. Uh, Nomar hitting in the five. 
the Duke, Duke Snyder hitting in the sixth. Nolan Arenado hitting seventh. Tony Gwynn, which uh, I don't think he's ever hit eighth in his entire life, <laughs> is unfortunately. So Tony Gwynn Jr., uh, don't, uh, don't hold it against me. I'm hitting your father uh, eighth. So he's hitting eighth against the unit. And uh, Gary Carter, the kid, is hitting ninth. Okay. And, uh, and Gabe, uh, your team is going to be facing Don Drysdale. So we know that whoever the number one pitch or hitter is, he's going to get knocked on his butt in the first pitch of this series because that's what Don Drysdale did. Um, so what is your lineup? Well, I feel pretty good about uh, Ricky Henderson's confidence in that scenario i feel like he's gonna run himself <laughs> back off and you know what if he gets hit he's on first base so ricky at first or maybe base. third base <laughs> yeah, maybe third <laughs> maybe third base uh barry bonds hits second I, I like doc's call with with williams in the two hole um that's that's kind of scary up at the top robinson and and then ted williams uh frank robinson hits third for us then willie stargell like i said that historic season uh, Joe DiMaggio hits fifth. Joe Morgan uh, comes in behind DiMaggio. Then Ken Caminiti, Troy Tulowitzki, and Lombardi in the nine hole to round it out. Okay, and uh, before we start analyzing the teams here, um, uh, just two things. First of all, if you do have a question for any of the managers regarding these teams, use the Q&A button on Zoom and uh, the only question I have so far is where Gabe got his cap. So we'd like it to be a little more, um, like it to be a little <laughs> more relevant to the conversation. The one thing we didn't do, uh, Jorge, if you could read off. There the, it is. If you could read the list of the, uh, the pitchers, uh, the, the, all the pitchers who made the team. Um, and then maybe Gabe could uh, say who he uh, would like to bat or like to pitch game two and game three. Yeah, so uh, Don Drysdale, which is uh, the game one starter. Uh, we got Walter Johnson from the 1913 Senators, Jim Palmer from the 72 Orioles, Raleigh Fingers from the 81 Brewers, Trevor Hoffman from the 98 Padres, uh, Brett Saberhagen from the 89 Royals, Steven Strasburg from the 17 uh, Nationals, um, Garrett Cole from the 2019 Astros, Bob Lemon from the 1952 um, Indians, and Burp Levin from the 73 Twins. Okay, Dave, who do you think uh, – who's going to pitch game two and game three in your mind? Uh, game two, there are some tough ones, uh, obviously. There's a lot of uh, – obviously a lot of great choices. But I'm going to go with Walter Johnson. And uh, the strikeout numbers, the big body, um, really impressive. The <laughs> workload, and obviously we're just talking about one series. But he's going to start game two. And game three is going to be Jim Palmer. And I think that I kind of toiled between some, some guys that are more modern day, uh, Garrett Cole being one. But I think that I'll take the 100, um, you know, sometime later in the game before we get to, you know, Raleigh and, and Trevor time. Okay. And um, uh, if, if, if you end up leading in game seven in the ninth inning, uh, this whole thing might end on a changeup if you pick Trevor Hoffman. <laughs> I always thought that was funny when there'd be 60,000, 98 playoffs, 60,000 people screaming, stomping their feet. Um, and as he came in with Hell's Bells playing and then changeup, changeup. It was, he was great though. That's um, going to be for Houston. Maybe after a little uh, 100 from Garrett, then the changeup. So there you go. <laughs> All right. The 10 National League pitchers, uh, Randy Johnson, who's going to start game one. We have uh, Tom Seaver uh, from 71 Mets. Randy Johnson's from the 2002 D-backs. 
you have Dennis Eckersley from the 1992 A's. Now, Eckersley was a starter at, at one point, but this is a, a season um, where he was, I believe, perfect or near perfect in saves. Uh, one of his teammates, Dave Stewart from the 90 A's, is on the team. Lefty Gomez, uh, one of the, the great World Series pitchers ever, 1934 Yankees. Dave Rigetti, uh, also a starter and a reliever, but in this case from the 1986 Yankees when I believe he was uh, still a starter. Or no, he was a reliever by then. C.C. Sabathia from the 2007 Indians. Tug McGraw from the 1972 Mets. Mike Norris from the 1980 A's. And uh, John Wetland, a closer of the 1993 Yankees. So, uh, Gabe, after we see big unit in game one, what do you think we're going to see in game two and three? We're going we're gonna to see Tom Seaver in, uh, in game two. I'm not going to go too deep into Tom. I, I feel like his numbers and his history speaks for itself. Uh, my third choice was CC Sabathia. And this one's probably going to be a little bit more controversial given all of uh, the great pitchers on that list. But I had a chance to play with CC um, and against him quite a bit, but, but with him in 2008. So in that prime period, 2007, 2008, and there wasn't a guy that wanted the ball in a bigger moment. I mean, this is a guy that thrived in the spotlight and put his teammates on his back. So this is very similar to the Ken Caminiti discussion we had earlier. You need that guy that that wants the ball in the biggest moment and thrives in that situation, never gets tired. And CC was that guy for me. 07, 08, he was a beast. And CC gets a nod in, in game three. Okay, great. Well, uh, Bruce Jenkins, Houston Mitchell, you've heard the teams that you're going to be managing. And, and the way it's going to work is uh, Bruce and, and Houston will manage the teams as, as the computer simulations go on. They'll be making substitutions. And as I understand it, uh, you know, because the fans voted in the 34 guys, uh, it, the one sort of non-old school thing is that you guys are going to try to get as many of the 34 guys in at, at some point in the series one way or the other. So uh, Houston, uh, the, as the visitor, what do you think of your team? Oh, it's a great lineup. <clears throat> I think it's a lot of pressure on me now to, to make the right move so this team can win. Uh, Doc has set me up perfectly. My question for Doc would be two, two, uh, some advice I need here. Um, late in the game, we got a lead. Uh, do we bring Ozzy in for defense over no more? And the, the other thing is, Fingers or Hoffman, who would you favor as the closer in, in, among those two? Because those are two great closers. I, I love Houston. I love the questions, and I do think that uh, Nomar's never been defense for um, as a shortstop, obviously. But you don't get any better than the Wizards. So, with the lead, hopefully uh, Nomar took his uh, fourth at bat. Then here comes the Wizards, certainly. And for me, uh, kind of. Trevor, I played with him. This is a guy that prepares like no other. Uh, he's a strike thrower. Um, the changeup is, is lethal. And understanding that these guys haven't seen Trevor, um, I just can't go outside of Trevor Hoffman. So that's my choice. That's a, that's a great question to ask Gabe as well. I mean, the list of relievers uh, that you have for the ninth inning, uh, Dennis Eckersley, um, Dave Rigetti, um, John Wetland, all great, great relievers in their prime. Um, if you if you had your druthers, uh, who would you like Bruce to to close out games with? You know, I'm I'm going to go with Eck. Um, so I I feel like Eck learned from from 1988, and um, you know the home run that they give you hit off him made him a better pitcher, and I'm I'm excited to to have him closing out games in the ninth. 
Okay. Um, Jorge, do you have any uh, questions for your, your guys? No, it just, uh, I guess it's sort of a question, but Dave and I were sending texts back and forth for a little bit here. Uh, third base, I know it was a tough choice for you. If you can kind of just walk through your, your decision-making on going with Arenado over, over George Brett, who had 390 that year. Well, I, I think that, yeah, certainly the whole body of work, he had 390. And I, I, I know a lot of people that played for the Royals, uh, namely Buddy Black, who's still one of his good friends. And no one consistently hit the ball harder than George Brett. And there's crazy stories about George. I got a quick story about George Brett, where one day in Kansas City, uh, George told his teammates that it was probably 130 on the turf. And he told his teammates, in the spirit of what Gabe was talking about earlier about gamers, he <clears> said, I'm not going to have a drink of water the entire game. I'm going to be the first one on the field, the first one into the dugout, every single inning. So after we get this win, that beer is going to taste so good. So sure enough, every game, he probably threw out three hits that game. The Royals win, first one on, first one back in the dugout. And sure enough, uh, he was pretty much dehydrated, but – got it through the game, led the team to a win, um, and had that cold beer. But I think that, again, Randy uh, just neutralized the lefty. So you're really tough to get hits, let alone slug, get on base. And George, you know, even in that season where he hit 390, he, I think he OPS 760 that year against the left-handed pitcher. So, and that's not facing the unit. So I think that, you know, the defense, and also you look at Nolan in that year, I think he had a 1,300 OPS against lefties. So, you know, that's a big delta right there. So I, I just like Nolan and, and George would be in there against Seaver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, I had a question. I just, I just wanted to know what it was like for you to sit down with a piece of paper, a computer, whatever it is you wrote your lineups with and wrote down the names DiMaggio, Henderson, Bonds, and Robinson. I think the most fun I had was going back and digging into Ricky's, Ricky's best year. Um, he just he had a knack for getting on base obviously um i i had so much fun writing his name at, at the top of the lineup because of all the all the things that he can do independent of him getting on base and the freedom and the flexibility that he might give bruce as he managed our club um no but i had a lot of fun thinking about that that outfield i guess the biggest question was who to have in the outfield right was it going to be bonds um, or Bonds at the DH position, did a lot of work and asked a lot of questions about the defensive capabilities of, of each guy and came away feeling pretty good about our, out, our outfield as a, a defensive unit. And, and obviously the top four hitters in the lineup, five hitters in the lineup are, are pretty impressive. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's Barry Bonds from 2001. And I, having covered him, uh, I, I think I can, I can say that by that point, he wasn't the outfielder that he was you know, say uh, in 19, uh, when we first came up and, you know, in almost those great pirate teams of 1992 and three. Um, I got, uh, we have some questions from uh, the fans and um, I had one that is really a good question for both of you. Uh, and if I could find it and it was, uh, but basically the question was, um, how much did you guys use advanced analytics to uh, pick your teams? Um, maybe Dave, if you want to start with that one. Um, I, I, I would, I'd say, uh, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, obviously you can't argue Ted Williams and, and Duke Snyder, but I think that just kind of looking at, you know, some advanced analytics. And I think that, you know, for example, Tony Gwynn was one for 11, I think against, 
against uh, Randy Johnson. But for me, it's kind of looking forward and still betting the fact that uh, he can hit a lefty. He has hit lefties. Uh, that's why he's in the lineup, and obviously he's Tony Gwynn. But there was a little bit I've, I kind of – if you look at the right-handed lineup against Tom Seaver, you know, I'll give Gabe – you know, I had Yelich in, in left field over the splendid splinter who's going to DH. And so there's a little bit of metrics in that and understanding who can cover more ground a little bit on the margins. But, uh, you know, Houston asked a question earlier about, you know, defensive with Ozzy versus Nomar. Those are metrics. Um, and to last thing is to piggyback on Gabe's kind of one thing that was fun for me was looking at the middle for game two potentially is Ozzy Smith and uh, Jackie in the middle playing together. That, that's something that I – Wish I could go back in time and put those two in the middle of the diamond. Uh, Gabe, uh, how, how deep did you dive into the numbers? No, no I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked the question. It's a fun one to talk about because my, my inclination is to dive pretty deeply. But for this exercise, I, I took a, a surface level dig, dig and, and then just got really invested in the fun of it. You know, the, the, the Hall of Famers that we're talking about, the players that Dave and I played against that are on this list. It was just a lot of fun and, and I really wanted to, to enjoy it. I mean, I think the platoon split thing is, is fun. And certainly like when, when Dave and I exchanged lineups, it, it was nice to be able to kind of try to match up and, and think a little bit more deeply about it. But at the same time, this exercise is built for enjoyment, fun, fans, fans having fun and thinking along with us. And then, um, Ultimately, like there were so many good decisions that it was hard to make a bad one. Okay. Um, uh, here's a question here that's uh, going to be like asking you to pick your favorite child. Uh, first of all, the first question, uh, this question about analytics was from Richard Uriarte. Uh, the, uh, this question is from uh, somebody named Galen. And I'll start with you, Gabe. You have to pick who is your favorite player in your starting lineup and why. Hmm. That's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably just go with, with Cam and Nitty here, right? I, this is a guy that I played with. Uh, we played together in Texas in the early 2000s. Uh, watched him play as I was kind of coming of age and as a young uh, professional baseball player. And he was so fierce. Like, that's the word I would use to describe him. I'm sure Doc will tell you. You look in Ken Caminiti's eyes, and he – it's intimidating. And, and this is a guy that – um, flashed the leather, had a cannon, played hurt, had pop, knew the game very well and supported his teammates. So just from a strict favorite perspective, I'll go with Cannon. Dave? Um, I, I think for me, it, it, it's a pretty easy one. Um, this man not only played the game with a passion, uh, chip on his shoulder, responsibility, uh, was bigger than the game as far as understanding his legacy. So Jackie Robinson. Okay, and uh, Dave, there was a question that is uh, sort of somewhat related, um, and I, I don't have the, the person who asked it at the moment, but why did you pick Jackie Robinson to lead off over Tony Gwynn? Um, well, I, I think that in this situation, in, in this first game, um, I, I felt that he had a better chance to get on base versus the unit, um, and Hopefully we'll get the unit after there. And hopefully Tony won't have to face a unit only twice. Um, and I'll take my chance with Jackie facing that big lefty three times. Okay. But that I, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, Tony will move up the lineup uh, against Seaver. Okay, that question was from Ed. Here's a good question from both of you from Brian. Um, how do you prepare for something like this with different styles and different generations? As Clayton Kershaw said last night, I believe that was on a Dodger Zoom, it's impossible to prove who is better. Uh, so how do you wrap your brain around cross generations? And I know an easy answer is that war uh, is a statistic that does account for different eras. Um, but aside from kind of looking at war, um, Gabe, how, how do you kind of like decide which, 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 you know, which generation to pick from in, in the teams? Or did you just sort of, you know, kind of ignore that and j just go with the years? Uh, no, I mean, I think the first thing that we do is we we ask ourselves about our own experience and, and what we witnessed personally, right? So I was thinking about Doc's side of things and, and Christian Yelich over the course of the last couple of years. Like, as good as any baseball player, particularly against right-handed pitching, that, that I've, I've seen or, or studied. Um, and then you go back a little bit further and, and we talk about a guy like Barry Bonds. And um, if you you pay attention to what he accomplished in a three, four, five year stretch, you know, it's, it's up there with, with the greatest of all time. We're watching Mike Trout right now, by way of example, maybe talking about the greatest player that ever lived. And then when you have to go back and learn about a player like I did with, with Lombardi, it's really much more about just laying out the numbers on a page and analyzing those numbers relative to, you know, modern day players. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, this was the funnest part about the exercise, trying to balance what you see on paper and what you witness with your own eyes. Yeah, and I think that for me, and I know that you know, last night we had a, we had a call and uh, with with a you know bunch of Dodger fans, and and I think that with Clayton, I think that we've heard this many times with the greats, and, and you're talking, you know, literally less than and and across the across all industries, less than a hundred people, a hundred athletes that are called potentially in a conversation of the greatest of all time in their respective sports. So I think that those people, those athletes don't like that conversation because you're talking about them. But I think all of us, and it's 99.9 .9 to the, to the end as fans of the game, it bridges stories, generations, and that's the only way we can kind of, and it's banter back and forth. So for me, I love to figure out, who the best baseball player is, who the best pitcher is, who the best quarterback of all time, do rings matter, all that stuff. That's a part about being a sports fan. So I do think that when I have talked to the greatest of all time, whether you're talking about Michael, LeBron, Kobe, Kerr, Sandy, they don't like that conversation, to be quite honest, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Well, um, we are sort of running out of time here, so <laughs> why don't we just get some last words here from uh, – let's, let's start with uh, Jorge. Do you have any, any last words about this whole thing? No, I just appreciate um, Gabe and Dave, you guys doing this, taking the time out. Um, you know, it's a fun exercise, um, something that makes everyone sort of think and bring baseball into the fold a little bit as we wait here to see if we're going to see real baseball this summer. Um, just one, one last question. I thought it was a good one here. Um, Sort of off what Dave just Dave and Gabe were just talking about. Which one of these guys in your lineup would you want to see in today's game? Is there anybody in particular you that you would like to see? Gabe, you want to go first? Sure. I mean, Dimaggio for me, right? Um, I I would love to see him run around sec, uh, center field. Um, 
and and obviously like with with the hitting streak just kind of love you, you can't say that it would happen in this kind of modern day alternate universe but i'd love to see if it would it's always interesting because players are now um and this is not really up for debate bigger faster stronger more athletic twitchier have more technology more tools at their fingertips it would be really fascinating to watch a guy like Joe DiMaggio who played in the, the 50s come throw, throw his hat in the ring in, in today's environment and see how, how he fared. I, I think for me, it, it's Ted Williams. Um, I do want to see that seat in right center field at Fenway Park, see how close he can get or if he really did hit that dang seat. But, <laughs> you know, he's one of the best of all time, obviously. So um, I'd love to see him in Okay. Um, can you guys hear me? I'm, uh, I'm getting a little bit of a message saying that my um, internet is unstable, sort of like I'm me. You can, you can hear me? Okay. Um, I, I, uh, the, the interesting thing to me in that question is I would, who would like to be the one who, you know, Jackie Robinson comes back to life, um, Ted Williams comes back to life, and you guys have to tell them that, uh, well, you know, you, you really can't slide past the bag and if you go after the second baseman or the shortstop, uh, you're going to be out, and it'll be a double play. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be the one to have to tell those guys that. I don't want Gabe to have to. I want to be in the room when Gabe tells Caminetti he can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jorge, I'm sorry. Were there any other questions that you saw from the fans that you thought? Uh, no, no, th that was it. That was a, I saw one. It was just a great question to ask because that's what? something that we always talk about. You know, we're, we're watching the last dance or we were watching the last dance and everyone's arguing, you know, can Jordan's 96 Bulls beat the 17 Warriors and the 86 Celtics and all that stuff. So I think it happens in every sport, as Dave was mentioning earlier, who's the greatest quarterback of all time and this and that. And, you know, it's fascinating to imagine these guys playing in today's era with the, you know, the on-base stuff and the slugging and the velocity we see nowadays. So it, I just thought it was a good question asked there by uh, – I don't know who I have to look it up, but um, it was a great question asked. Who else here thought the last dance was about Barishnikov and didn't watch it? Okay, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Houston Mitchell, any last words? Uh, I just want to thank Dave and Gabe for doing this a lot, and, and Dave for setting me up so beautifully. And, uh, uh, you know, if I blow this, um, I'm sure my newsletter readers will be all over me, and feel free to send me a, a, an email telling me what a horrible manager I am, and and uh, but thanks a lot for, for uh, setting it up and doing this. And Bruce. Well, I want to thank Gabe for making my job easy. Uh, my lineup and his are exactly the same, the one I drew up uh, this morning. Uh, and at final, I had a toast of the 2004 Red Sox, one of the greatest stories ever told, and both of these guys were part of that team. Yeah, that, absolutely. And I do want to point out that, uh, well, two things. Gabe, first of all, Gabe has my name on the uh, – on his uh, Zoom window. That, that was only, if you're wondering, that was because I ended up sending him my link because he was having a little trouble getting in. I also want to point out, if you look at Gabe's lineup, um, it's very, it's balanced. It's, uh, you know, it's what you know, some managers like to do. I mean, it goes right, left, right, left, right, uh, left, switch, right, right. So Dave, you're going to have a little bit of trouble doing, uh, you know, uh, you, you, fortunately we don't have the three, uh, batter minimum rule for the pitchers you can you, you can swap guys out to your heart's content I, I heard rumor that you like to do that sometimes um but anyway I, I want to thank all of you and especially the managers and just want to say to the fans who are on here and who'll be listening to this on podcasts and whatnot I can absolutely assure you that uh Gabe Kapler and Dave Roberts were really into this and there was some sort of regular season 
gamesmanship going on in here that I, uh, I might write about at, at some point. And um, there, you know, it's good to know that both teams are in the hands of people who uh, managers who are just, if they get into something, if they're asked to do something, they don't do it half blanked. You know, they, they are really into it. So thank you guys. And um, I want to thank everybody for joining the zoom and uh, uh, Bruce, when, uh, when are we going to, when are the games going to be played? Uh, May 26th, we're going to play the whole best of seven in one night. Uh, the games do go pretty quickly, so don't like think it's going to be settling in for four hours. Okay. I want to thank my co-host, Jorge Castillo, and uh, I hope everybody here has a good afternoon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cap. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Good luck, Houston. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this special Zoom featuring managers Dave Roberts of the Dodgers and Gabe Kapler of the Giants. Bruce Jenkins and Houston Mitchell will simulate this World Series on May 26. Watch out for the results in the San Francisco Chronicle and Los Angeles Times. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.